0: coffee break with new york wiki i'm julie hawkeiser ilkovich your host this is our first episode episode number one so if you are not familiar new york wiki stands for new york women in communications inc is a second i and we are having casual conversations with compelling women and our first guest is sandra thomas a dear friend of New York Women in Communications. She is the Vice President of Community Affairs at WABC-TV. Thank you for joining us.
1: It's great to be here.
0: This is exciting. We are so excited. So today we're here to get to know you and for you to share your career tips and help other people who are looking to get into this industry and and just kind of have a friendly conversation. Sounds good. Well, first of all, our show is called Coffee Break. We didn't bring <laughs> any coffee, sorry. I, I noticed that. <laughs> We debated, but it's after 6 p.m. That's okay. <laughs> so I was d- waiting for the call, or the email, but I didn't get it. So I figured. <laughs> good to know that people are expecting it. We, ha- we did have a debate. So our first question is, what is your coffee drink of choice?
1: I drink a double tall soy latte. Oh, that sounds good. It is good. That sounds it's my great. my one cup of coffee a day unless I go out. Would you drink it in the evening? No. Okay. I, I, drink, that in, I drink that in the morning. However, I will drink coffee a latte in the evening if I'm out, but...
0: So you would have you Not had the had double. It. Not the double. Okay.
1: Not the double. The double gets me through the day.
0: Well, we're going to have to send you a coffee as a follow-up, as okay. a thank you gift.
1: We got this recorded, by the way. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's on the record. We want to talk to you about your career. Our goal here is to kind of have you give us tips that you might never have given before and, you know, just... I know that gets you thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a sign or experience that helped you realize that you were on the right path or did that not really exist? You kind of had to keep going without knowing for sure you know, that you were going to succeed.
1: When I thought I would be writing children's television program, what I didn't know really was how to do that. Because part of the thing was, when I graduated from college, most of the people I knew were going into fields other than the field I went into. People were going to finance, business, people were getting their MBAs. That was the time. Also, people were a lot of people were studying psychology and going into psychology as a major, and followed by that was social work. So I was sort of an anomaly in that I was interested in media and television and film and broadcast, but I didn't really have any role models in that. So I wasn't 100% sure I was going in the right direction until I came here and I was surrounded by more creative people. And then I thought, okay, this is the direction, but how do I get there? Going forward through my career and my different roles, it was really when I saw the community affairs position open. And so I was already working 14 years by then, or whatever it was, 14 years, that I saw that role open that I said, wait a minute, this is the right place. This is where I'm supposed to be. This job presented itself in front of me and it has everything even though I didn't know everything about the job, but I knew it had all the components of things I had done in the past, as well as the main component, was which was to work with people. That's all I knew about it. So I think the sign was that the job presented itself and that this was the place that I was supposed to be. You know. And there's no doubt about it. And what's interesting is this is the kind of position where you're basically the ambassador for the television station. As I say, the voice of the community for the television station, the voice of the television station for the community. And I remember the person who had the job before, this position before me, I knew very well because I've been here so long. And I remember when I went out to the community and was meeting people for for the first time, they would say, oh, he knows everybody. And I remember thinking, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. (laughs) But now people say that about me. You have to be paying attention in some ways to what's going on as you're doing it. Does that make sense? So you're plotting along your career and you're going to get to coffee in the morning and you're going to job and you're doing this and you're planning these extracurricular things that you do. But somewhere in there you have to pay attention to little things that happen. That th- There's just signs out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet somebody that's doing something that you thought about doing or you meet somebody who's from a place that you've always wanted to live. There's different, different
0: clues. It's really just being open and listening. So you can know when the signs present themselves. Well, you
1: I mean, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I always give to people is to be open. When you're graduating from high school, you have this list of the jobs, you know, and you say, okay, I want to do marketing. You know, people come and say they want to do marketing. I say, what does that mean? <laughs> What's so marketing? I make them dig a little deeper, right? So they ha- you have this list. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a psychologist. I want to be rich, right? So then they have that list. And then you go to college, and it opens your world up a little more. And you say, okay, well, I want to be a rich doctor. Or you say, I want to be a psychologist and I want to have clients versus working for a nonprofit or whatever it is. So I think if you're open and as your world starts to expand, the the possibilities are endless. And that's when you might see something that informs you to move in a certain direction or that you're going in the right direction. And I think it's converse, too. Sometimes you go in a direction and something will happen. There will be a sign that says you're going in the wrong direction when the doors close a lot. And I could have had that attitude when I didn't get the job as a writer-producer. And I kind of felt that way. But I believed I would end up doing whatever it was I decided to do. And if I changed my mind about what that was, it was all going to work out.
0: Let's talk a little bit about money, which is often awkward and really a thing that women particularly are not talking about with their friends, okay. necessarily. You know, we're all told that we should be putting money into our 401ks and we should be responsible. You know, skip your morning latte and you can save like X amount of money. That's a tip I can, I've can i never been able to stick to. Like, that's just never going to happen. Uh, you know, you should bring your lunch to work and not go into debt and create a budget. I mean, there's lots of kind of sound bites around, mm-hmm. especially for women, like how to kind of budget and save money and be responsible financially. Do you have any tips that put you in a position, a better position financially? I mean, I,
1: I absolutely believe in the 401k. That was the best and maybe only advice my grandfather ever gave me because he said when I he was working, they, th- it did not exist. So I always stuck with me that that was something that was I- extremely important and it is because I think we, those of us who are working and are in companies where there's an opportunity to do that, to take advantage of it, take advantage of everything. Anything that can save you money on taxes, I try to implore this to my daughter who's just in college but I really try to make her see that that it's important to do that but we also should think about more about generating wealth not just having money that's something I think is important women need to advocate for what we want in terms of finances right we're, we're struggling with that on a national level but I think individuals have to really advocate for ourselves and I it's it's a tricky thing because I'm of a generation I think that's that takes a little more time in doing that. I certainly think that millennials are much more apt to advocate on their behalf. So definitely the 401K is essential. I don't necessarily believe you need to give up your latte. I believe that people <laughs> spend... You. I believe everybody has different values about what they want to spend money on. Yeah, I think
0: the key message that people are talking about now that you've said is understanding your finances. like right. I think a lot of women, especially right. if they have partners, absolutely right. they don't understand what's going on, even if mm-hmm. they know we're fine, mm-hmm. you know, and then God forbid something happens, anything, a variety of things. And that's a conversation actually I've been having with my friends lately where we look at our budgets together, which is so <laughs> uncomfortable because you're like, I don't want anyone right. to see how much money right, I'm spending right, on right, manicures, right, right. <laughs> But you sometimes need <laughs> my nails are not painted right now for those of you who can't see them, <laughs> but you need, sometimes you need, like a friend needs you to say, you should not be taking an Uber every day. And you're almost like, whoa, I shouldn't be. You just need, especially if you don't have a partner, someone to kind of put you you in check.
1: You do. And you you have to be smart and you have to be wise. But I also believe that comes in time. I really do believe it comes in in terms of maturity and and being practical. But again, everybody's different values about what's
0: important. So it sounds like your job is very fulfilling. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is really by definition kind of more fulfilling than maybe a lot of people's careers. I have a great job. It's a great job. What's something that you do every day to make sure that you feel that your job is valuable or you know personally rewarding?
1: Mm -hmm. So to me, I mean, my job is unique and it is quite fulfilling because I get to do good things every day. I mean, my job is to support the people in the community. So, and how do I do that? By making sure their stories are covered, making sure that our talent go out and participate in events and things like that and show up, because that's important to a lot of people in the community. It's also to make sure that there's public awareness about things that are happening in our community. And we also have a small budget in which we can support nonprofit organizations, so I get to give money away. So I get I feel fulfilled in that all the time. But the flip side to that is sometimes it's overwhelming. So I I am a big believer in meditation, so I have to start my day centered. And so that's something that I do every day so that I realize I can only do so much. And so I just want to have clarity, courage, and a sense of purpose when I go out in the morning. But the other part of it is I'm a very social person. So I take time and get up from my desk to make sure that I can... Go and talk to people. That's really what I do every day that makes me feel valuable um, and that reminds me of the fact that I have such a great job.
0: I mean, I really do. It's such good advice because even if you have a job, I mean, a lot of people have to stay in their job for one reason or another. Like, for some of us, we can kind of jump around and find our dreams. Sometimes you just might not be in a situation where you can do that. But I always say there's just little things you can do you know, you're not a victim of everything at your job. So, right. like, even if it is just getting up and talking to someone yeah. and makes you feel a little bit better, like, make sure you do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we spend a lot of time working, more so than ever. I've always worked hard. Now, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I just work. But I clearly have worked hard because I'm where I am and I'm tired, okay? However, I also play hard. You know, I was actually complaining yesterday to my daughter about working and joking about retiring. And she said, wait a minute, hold on a second. You do take care of yourself. You just went to Belize. You were just in Italy. Like she starts listening to these things. I said, shut up. Why are you so wise? I liked it better when you didn't talk. Anyway, when you didn't talk to me. But, but she's right. I hate to use the word balance but we have to take care of ourselves and it will help us do the work. And I'm fortunate because I actually spend a lot of time in the community, so I go site visits and things like that, but I have to get out of the office. And you have to take care of yourself. That is one thing that's so important. Whether you have children, whether you're married or not married, whether you're partnered, it doesn't matter, it's important that you take care of yourself. And so I do that here, and part of what brings me joy is I go and I go tell a colleague that there's chocolate outside of my (laughs) office, you know, or go find out what somebody did for the weekend, or whatever it is but those are the kind of things that are important for me to get through the day.
0: And you you know you use the word balance but it's it's great I think a lot of people talk about work life balance yes. which I know has become kind of a dirty thing because it's more it's right. no one has that but right. but more it's more about balance like balancing out makes you happy if it makes you happy to work more sometimes and then some days to play more you know to walk around the office at this amount, like taking control a little bit of what makes you happy. Well,
1: I think that the workplace is changing, as you know, because companies like Google, for instance, are creating an environment where people are working the best way that they can, what, what works for them. They're working in a way that works for them, let's say. I've already always believed that anyway. It's about getting the work done, and everybody approaches work differently depending upon the type of personality they have people who are strivers, I'll call them, people who really want to achieve, I don't know what it is, whether it's whatever it is, who really are striving. A lot of their life is about work, right? So there are the people who come into work at nine and leave at five because real, their life is really outside of the workplace. There are some of us whose lives are partly integrated into the workplace. doesn't mean that I'm coming in here on Saturday. I will probably be with my friends or sitting, but it does mean that it's, it sort of blends itself together. So we have to take it into our own hands in terms of how much time we spend in any way. You know what I mean? And that's where I think people get trapped. They feel like it's, I'm at work, it's all work and no play. Or I'm at play and I don't even want to deal with work. Mm-hmm. I think there's much more blending of that now. And you have to figure it out for yourself. You have to figure out where you're going to say, stop, I'm not answering this email or I must answer this email, and be comfortable with whatever decision you make. And that's where it becomes tricky. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, but it's really important to actually figure it out because otherwise you're just gonna like put up these walls. I mean I've seen a lot of people have that where it's like I have to leave at five o'clock no matter what and it's like but you're not getting your work done and you're stressed. Like what if you figured out another way to get that work done and some days you leave late, some days you leave early, like maybe one Saturday a month you wanna do some work to not be stressed. I think we all need to take a moment. I mean it's the same trend of take a second. Well that's
1: the key, Julie, actually people taking time and being aware of what's happening all around. And that's where we've become too maniacal about it. So we have to pause and say, hold on. I always give different examples of things. There are people who come home at the end of the day, they take off their clothes and change, and they throw their clothes out. And then they spend Saturday cleaning up those clothes and putting them back wherever they go. There are those people. Then there are the people who come home, take off their clothes, and hang them up. That's me. Right, and that's me too. <laughs> and I come home, I do the same thing every day. And right, that's my husband. So, the so, right. the, yeah, right. so there's different kinds of people. So everybody has to like stay in their own lane. And my thing is, if you figure out who you are, the earlier you figure that out in life, and certainly in your career, the easier it will be. Not easy, but easier. And once you figure out, I'm this type of person, and I'm okay with it, and I own this. I own the fact that I throw my clothes on the floor. That's cool. You know, but it's the people that are struggling, and that's right. where the stress is.
0: Yeah, not try, you're not. You're it's really hard to change yourself. It's, right. You know, it's Im- almost impossible to become a morning person if you're a night person. Like, that's what right. I always kind of compare like, it to. Right. But then once you just know what you are, you can make great decisions <laughs> for that and person. And be okay
1: with it. Right. Be okay with it. And that I think that translates into careers, too. I had a long conversation with my daughter yesterday about self-starters. I said to her, I'm not a self-starter. I didn't know that. I would read job postings and it said self-starter. And I was thinking, I wonder am I one of those? I didn't know what that meant. And when I figured out what it meant, I realized I wasn't one of those people. But it took me a long time to get over that because I felt like I should be. Right. Cause I have other qualities, but I and she was trying she's trying to question that now too. And I said, Once you figure it out, just own it and be okay with it. Don't feel like you have to be the person that starts everything. Some people are just not meant to do that. They are the strategy people, they are the leaders, they are the, I just wanna plug in my answers, you know, those people. So everybody's got a different thing, but part of the challenge is figuring out who you are and accepting it and owning it. I love it.
0: Over the years, you've probably interviewed a ton of people. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you had a job interview?
1: What year is this? Okay, a real job interview, I really haven't had in 15 years. But, you know, I ran for city council. Right. And running for city council was like being interviewed for six months and waiting for people to decide if they were going to hire you. Over and over so, again. So dealing with the feeling of what it's like to be interviewed, I experienced that in 2013. But I haven't had a real job interview, no.
0: So what we've been doing with our guests is asking them the questions that everyone loves to hate, hates to love in right. <laughs> in a job interview. The right. questions that everyone asks, every you get this in every interview, but we're having a little fun with it because are they really, is there really a point to them? Are you really getting valuable information? So we've from been... From these questions. From these questions. So right. we're really asking these, you know, we call them classically annoying right. interview questions. Right. And, you know, they're questions that you probably are asking, not even realizing. Everyone gets asked these. Right. And everyone is told to know there to know an answer ahead of right, time. Like right, you have right. to come prepared to answer this question. Right. So, a question like, "What is your biggest weakness?" Mm-hmm. You want to know my oh, answer. Oh, well, question? I want to know your answer. So what is your biggest weakness? I, I
1: think my biggest weakness is taking on too much, and that's a challenge. I'm working on it though. That's <laughs> okay. I'm working on it. It's been a long thirty-something years in. And, and process but I think I've just finally come to grips with that that I take on I bite, I bite off more than I can chew and also that it took me a long time to really ask for help on a lot of things so I've gotten better at that because I've committed to getting better at it and being okay with it and now I can tell everybody else they should do that so the, I, I think those are, that's my biggest weaknesses or I would call them challenges
0: so where do you see yourself in five years from now, the, the most popular of the interview questions?
1: You know, that was the question that I was asked when I interviewed for the job to work in sales here. and It was a great question because I really had answers. I told you I was going to live in Malibu and drive a convertible and live next to Ryan O'Neill. But <laughs> I really see myself in five years, which would be almost 35 years in this company. I don't know if I will be here. We'll see. But most likely, I see myself writing more writing a lot more, teaching. I have taught, and I'd like to teach again, and probably doing some kind of coaching, because I really, really enjoy that, and I especially enjoy working with young people. So those three things are essential. And, and it's honestly what I really did when I was a kid, mm-hmm. so I'm just coming back to
0: that. I love it, though. You have your life plan. It's a good, like, do. you I'm at least planner. have a general a general idea yeah. of what you want to do. So when you achieve those goals, it feels extra I'm a, good. I'm a
1: planner. I am. I am. It's crazy.
0: So we're also bringing, you know, the successful women that are talking to, we're bringing them these questions from all different companies. So all different companies ask these very interesting questions for right. interviews. So it's very complicated. You know, we hear about the Google interview. Right. So we brought a question from Apple. Okay. If you were a pizza, I don't know if there's a right answer to this. If you were a pizza delivery man or woman, how would you benefit from scissors?
1: I would benefit from scissors because if I was a pizza delivery person and I had scissors, I would be cutting the basil right there on the pie, fresh <laughs> as I deliver it to the door. That's what it is. That's what I would be doing. You're
0: hired for Apple. I you am. Made it. I'm, I'm, I'm you hired. got. You got the job. All right. You got the job. we've reached our our lightning round okay all right let's hit it basically we have just three quick questions Mm -hmm. first thing that comes to your head here's number one best job you've ever had worst job you've ever had
1: best job I've ever had is the job I have now hands down it's a great job and I know that worst job I've ever had it's a toss-up but I would say I worked in a factory in New Jersey making greeting cards for one summer torture torture. Repetition kills me. That's number one. The other thing I did was I, one summer when I was 15 it was probably the first summer I worked. There was a field that had a lot of weeds, and I spent the summer whacking those weeds, killing. The only good thing about it was it was right near my grandmother's house, and I would take my lunch break, and I would watch Days of Our Lives with her. But the worst job had to be the factory.
0: (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. making greeting cards that, the best folding? part about the
1: factory job was that there was a food truck outside and I thought that was cool that I get we get our food in the morning but other than that
0: eh. you can see the you can see the bright side in anything I'm learning though you really My mother says that things. I find
1: my mother says that I find something nice about everybody. <laughs> It's true. It's, it's true. Bad. I'm a bright side person. I don't have
0: time. Thing. I don't have time people. I gotta keep moving. You know, it takes a lot of time and energy to be angry. So. Listen, if
1: people if, I, if people are really horrible, they're not in my life. Right. The other people, I can deal with their quirks. I can deal with it. I just it's I just I compartmentalize everything, and it makes it easier. I so say that's just that person was born in January. That's what it is. <laughs> they're from Brooklyn. What do you expect? And you keep it moving. You right. don't take it personally.
0: I love it. Yes, yeah, that's the way
1: it. I have to operate. All right, hate everybody. <laughs>
0: Best career advice you've ever received? Worst career advice you've ever received?
1: Wow, okay. The best career advice probably is advice that I give now to people, which is always tell people what you want to do. Do not shy away from being straightforward. When people are interviewing for jobs, especially if it's their first job, they usually tell people that they want that job, I just want to be a community affairs director. When they know they do not, they want to be the general manager of the television station. I think it's important to tell people what you want when you're looking for, for a job, I really do. The worst advice, I really can't think of the worst advice that anybody's given me. I don't overly seek advice, and people probably don't think I need advice, but I do. And I would say that if I could think of anything that someone's told me, I can't, I really can't. That's good. Uh, yeah, I just can't think of the worst advice I've ever It's good if you haven't made. received
0: bad advice. I can't think of any. Or at any. least If I think about it out, all you guys, uh, at least At what? least you blocked it out if you received. I probably
1: have blo- blocked it go-
0: out. Bad advice. Yeah, and
1: I would never go back and say, you know, you told me. <laughs> I would never do that.
0: What is your most memorable office moment? This can be good or bad. What's just a thing from your career that you really remember? really trigger something in your brain
1: i mean for me it really is when i left here 20 years ago and they gave me an incredible send-off i mean they made a video for me they made a poster that up until recently it's over there but i used to keep it on keep it on my wall they made a caricature of me and i used to keep it on my wall even when i came back here to remind me that i could always leave when i want you know when i've left here twice and once, once when I quit and once when I ran for office, I took a leave of absence. But the positive energy that I got from people and the support, actually both times I left, is something that I'll just never forget. And I told them, we're done. We're not doing anymore. When I, next time I leave, I'm sneaking out. I have a, I have a huge support system here, and I'm really grateful for it. I really am. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like,
0: I've you know, I've been in roles where someone leaves and they're like, We can't send them a goodbye party, throw them a goodbye party because they're leaving. Yeah. But they've spent all this time and energy. Yeah. So it's so beautiful that they could
1: It goes a long way, you know, people like being appreciated. Mm-hmm. It seems so simple. Sometimes we get opportunities for tickets for something and I send them to the staff and People will, might write back and say, I can't go, but thanks so much for sending this to us. Because people, you know, we work together. We're here a lot. We're here more together than we're not. And I think that people like to be appreciated. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm a firm believer in affirmation. I really am.
0: I love it. You, I want you to be my boss. <laughs> <laughs> so the, actually, these are the last two questions. We, want, we just want to give everyone an opportunity who's coming on our show to kind of share what's happening at their okay. company at their job you know something that you would want the listeners to know so what's the most exciting thing happening at your job company or job right now
1: I would say the most exciting and the most challenging is how to deal with this digital world in which we live in a television station and how do we remain relevant and how do we reach audiences that, may no longer be watching us or may never may, may never have watched us. But it's really about staying relevant. And so it's a challenge, but it's an exciting challenge because we have to be innovative and we have to come up with different things to do to reach those audiences. And we have, what's great about social media is we have the tools and the platforms. How do we use it? How do we best use it? And it gives people opportunity to be sort of retrained or to, do, to work in a different way. I just love being forward thinking in that way, but I but it's also a challenge.
0: That's great. So, as we wrap up, is there anything that no one ever asks you? I mean, you literally speak in perfect career tip sound bites, so I feel that's that funny. we all get a lot from you. But is there anything that no one ever asks you that you'd want to share with an audience of people, women, who want to be successful, especially in communications and the media world?
1: That no one's ever asked me? You know, that's a hard one. I mean, because I don't
0: know. Anything you're dying to share that you're like, I wish I could tell every person out there this one piece of advice?
1: Well, you know, I heard this today, and it's the way I live my life, really. And it sounds so trite, but I do believe if you can feel it and if you have the sensibility, you'll understand what what I mean. You have to think big. You have to think big. And you have to think about purpose and be really in touch with the fact that this is it. It sounds so corny, and I say it all the time, but we have one shot. So think big, and it's gonna be different for everybody because some people are really big thinkers and some people live in really big worlds. So if you think big, it gives you something to aim for. And you have nothing to lose by not thinking big, but you also have nothing to lose by not going for that, whatever that means for you. And for me, it's a life of purpose. I'm always questioning what is my purpose, I believe everybody has one, but also living a life that's well lived. You know, when I read about somebody who's passed away at a young age, when I think about Prince, he left us with a lot. You know, a lot! And so, it's sad, but I also think, you know what, he did pretty good. Mm -hmm. It did pretty good 57 years not bad that's what I hope for me is that I live a life of purpose and a life that's well lived that people can say you know what she had a good time when she was here And and she cared about people and she helped people and she didn't have much to complain about even on my worst day and on my worst my worst times so that's what I say think big and live big Live big. That's even better. Let me write that down.
0: (laughs) Live big. I love it. Live big, baby. Well, Sandra, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. I learned so much personally. I'm sure everyone did. They're going to go on and be successful. So, you can follow Sandra on Twitter at ABC Sandra, which is S A U N D R A, at ABC Sandra on Twitter. And on Instagram, she is B K L Y N Snoop. So, that's kind of Brooklyn Snoop, but B K L Y N Snoop, that's her Instagram. And are you just posting all kinds of life adventures? Different things, different
1: things, <laughs> and I'm, I'm working on the Instagram's got to grow a little bit more. but
0: Working on your social yeah. media? I'm present. working on my
1: social media. I'm actually going to start a blog, and I've got a Facebook community page that I'm going to start promoting a little bit more. Amazing. Called The Sunday Skin.
0: The Sunday Skin. We'll have to Skin. promote it on Twitter. Yeah. We'll yeah. follow I'll, you on I'll, Twitter. I'll do that. I'll promote it, okay, but perfect. I'm ready
1: to really launch. But, yeah, it's going to be about my musings and about culture and race and personhood.
0: Awesome. Doesn't I will follow good? that. Personhood, I, that I like good. it. Personhood. <laughs> Just the being skin you're in,
1: you know, the skinny on things,
0: it's got a lot of a lot of stuff going I on. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And you can get more information on this podcast by following New York Wiki on Twitter. It's at NYWICI and the website's the same NYWICI.org and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Coffee Break with New York Wiki. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser-Ilkovich. Kylie Harris is our producer. Aaron Mathewson is the sound editor. Alex Fetter wrote the theme. And Rachel Bowie manages marketing. Thanks for listening.